Hello, and welcome to My Unknown Adventure. I'm your host, Kimberly Ann, and I am a full-time digital nomad over 50 traveling in my van with my dog throughout the United States. This is episode number four of season two in the podcast and episode four just all together on YouTube. But in the podcast, this is also number 51. The topic of today's episode is how to find places to sleep when you're overlanding for free. In season two, I will give you a little update about where I currently am in the United States, and I'm going to focus on a full-time travel-specific topic. And because I am currently traveling full-time in a van, a lot of my content will be van-related. Also, be sure to check out season one of the podcast only, which features interviews with full-time travelers, entrepreneurs, and people living their dreams. So my update right now is last time I recorded, I was in Memphis, Tennessee, which I loved. And since then, I have been through Little Rock, Arkansas, which I did not love, and Natchez, Mississippi, which I fell in love with hard. And there's uh, there's a lot to say about Natchez. I'm going to try to make it brief. It is the oldest town in Mississippi. It is actually older than New Orleans in Louisiana. And it is so historical. It's There's like a Natchez trail that you can walk. The town is beautiful. The architecture, I'm an architect file, which I made up. It's not even a word. I'm obsessed with architecture and the architecture is phenomenal. The houses are gorgeous, super affordable if you're looking. And the little town itself is super cute. And then it's right on the Mississippi River. There's this little like area down by this riverboat that's super cute and old and a beautiful park that you can walk along. And then the cemetery. <clears throat> Wow. The cemetery is amazing. It is one of the most beautiful cemeteries I have ever seen. It does not compare to the cemeteries in Europe, like Père Lachaise and Paris, but it, for an American cemetery, it blew me away. It is, it is huge, goes on for miles and miles and miles. Um, okay, I've just made that up. I don't know how many miles it is. It might just be one mile. No, it's at least two because I definitely walked one. So whatever. It's a big ass cemetery and it is gorgeous. And I highly recommend you travel to Natchez anyway, because the whole city is phenomenal. And then I highly recommend that you go to that cemetery. Moving on. So today's topic is how to park for free and sleep for the night when you're traveling in a van. Some of these suggestions can be used for RVers, but not all of them, because obviously RVs are larger. So I specifically chose my van because I wanted something that was stealthy. And I knew from the very start that I was mainly going to cities. And I will be going to state parks next month. But most of my travel has been and will be in cities because I wanted to see the cities of the United States. Because as mentioned a thousand times, I love architecture. So, and my, my saying is architecture is my art and cities are my museums. And I really feel that like, that's why I'm so in love with Europe. And anyway, a different story for a different time. But if you have a stealthy van or, 
yeah, if you have a stealthy van, <laughs> stealthy van, or even if you don't, even if you have a van that's a road truck or whatever, that's obviously, you know, somebody could be living in it, you can still use these suggestions. So parking for free is called boondocking. And I didn't make up the word, but that's the name. That's what it's called. So I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what I do. And if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't, you know, figure out what does. When I first started traveling, I worried and worried and worried about every night about where I was going to park. And I spent hours every day looking up campsites and booking campsites and, you know, figuring out a route, a specific route. At that point, I was going down the Oregon coast and I, and at the beginning I did a boondockers welcome, which is like a harvest host, which I will talk about in a few minutes. Um, but I really like, I, I had to have a place to stay and, and I'm a planner and one thing that full-time travel has allowed me to do is be, become more spontaneous, which is one of the reasons I did it. And I needed to let go of some of my planning because I've been pretty obsessive about it in the past. <laughs> and so at the beginning, I was obsessively planning. And if I didn't have a place to stay, I would like change my route and on and on. So some of the places I stayed at the very beginning, uh, going up the coast of California, actually were casino parking lots. And they were amazing. You cannot stay for free in all casino parking lots, but you can stay for free in a lot of them. And you just have to check either on iOverlander, which is a free app, which is the app that I use. However, these parking lots or those casino parking lots and and not all of them are on iOverlander. So sometimes I'll just look in Google or I did this at the beginning and I would just look for casinos and then I would look on their website. You can call them. Uh, I did not. I, I found several casinos where you weren't allowed to park overnight, but it said that on their website or on iOverlander if they were on iOverlander and then I didn't have to go there. So long story short, um, I'm talking too fast. Casino parking lots are a great option and RVers are allowed there as well. And then another option, and I thought I, I expected to do this a lot. I, I, I primarily thought I was going to do this all the time was stay at hot in hotel parking lots. And I've stayed in probably four in the last seven months. And I don't love hotel parking lots. The first one I stayed at was a party hotel and loud noise all night long and had to like sneak in and I felt really weird. It was in Sacramento and yeah, it was fine. I, I have never gotten in trouble staying in a hotel parking lot, but it, sometimes it feels just a little, it just doesn't feel right to me. And I'm not saying it's not right. And I'm not saying other people don't do it and love it and have great success. I'm just saying for me, it just doesn't feel comfortable, but that is an option. And some of the hotels have like security gates. Obviously those wouldn't be the ones you stayed in. And the other day or a couple of weeks ago when I was in, I don't even remember, uh, Little Rock, I think, uh, I did stay outside of a hotel parking lot. Uh, on the street. And that felt great. I didn't really want to go into the hotel parking lot. I don't know why, but I have, I have stayed, like I said, in about four, maybe five hotel parking lots in the last seven months and no problem at all. So 99% of the time I stay in residential areas. And I know there's some conflict about this with other van lifers and 
what I, what I like to say is do what feels comfortable for you. And so what feels comfortable for me is staying in residential areas. And I'm obviously, well, not obviously, but I am very uh, respectful for uh, the, the to, to the neighbors around me. I'm very respectful about what I do, the noise I make, any kind of lights inside my van. That's just more for stealth reasons, walking my dog, you know, picking up the, the dog's uh, poo if, you know. I never ever leave it anywhere in a residential area. Well, I don't leave it anywhere anyway, but especially in a residential area and taking it with me and not leaving the bag, you know, just the respectful things. If I have to pour out my pee, which I pee in a, in a jar, then I either do that in the gutter or I leave the area. I just, I try to, you know, as in Burning Man, it's leave no trace. So I try to leave no trace. Well, actually, I don't even try. I don't leave a trace uh, when I stay in residential areas. I don't stay in one space more than one night. And I try to find areas that are, in my mind, safer or more, more upscale, not like the super you know, gated communities, but not the completely rundown houses. I just personally feel safer in like a, a lower middle class community area. The other night, I did not have that luxury. I was in Alexandria, Louisiana, and (laughs) I stayed, I I looked up. So one of the ways that I find places that I feel might be safer for me is I look up on Zillow and I see the higher priced houses, not the million dollar houses and not the $50,000 houses, but, you know, between like $100,000 and $300,000 houses, usually the two hundred dollars to 300000 range, depending. And I look at pictures of the houses and sometimes you can do a street view and look at the surrounding area and then I go there. And so I did that in Alexandria, Louisiana, and there was this gorgeous house for sale for $350,000, $250,000, something like that, cheap in California standards, and gorgeous, gorgeous house. Uh, I went to the area, and the area was a nightmare, and there was trash all along the sidewalks, everywhere, just trash, houses falling down, big dogs, uh, pit bulls. Um, I love pit bulls. I I do. I love them, but these were not friendly, happy. Uh, Maybe they were happy. I don't know, but they were not friendly and they, (laughs) they were a little bit scary. And I have a little teeny dog who likes to make fights with pit bulls. So I have to be careful about that, but not to bemoan a pit bull. I love pit bulls. They're amazing dogs. However, this area did not feel safe. And I ended up parking out in front of a house that was a little bit more high-end-ish, but next door and across the street, the houses were just falling down. And so I I did not like it there, uh, but that was a fluke. That's never happened before. And the next night I was in Shreveport, Louisiana, and I did the same thing. And I found a really, really beautiful neighborhood and I stayed there. So that, yeah, that the other thing that I try to do is I show up later in the evening, either six o'clock or seven o'clock. I used to try to show up after dark, but I'm not the best driver in the dark. So I would rather scope it out, find a place. And then when it gets dark, move down the street or move to another block, which I have done, 
or I just stay where I am if it feels like I'm not intrusive or bothering anybody. Now, my van does look like a work van. And so I'm really lucky in that way. And but I did also plan that. So people might think that I'm working or I'm visiting somebody or whatever, but I have not the only time <laughs> I want to say I've never had a problem, but I did. So in Pensacola, Florida, I pulled over and what happened was I was going somewhere else. I wasn't going to the specific neighborhood that I ended up in, but it started raining and then it started pouring and then the lightning and the thunder started and I'm a Californian and we don't have that. And I was terrified. So I pulled over to this, into this really, really quiet neighborhood and packed up or unpacked up for the night and got all my stuff out and was brushing my teeth or whatever. And I got the knock on the door. Well, first I could hear the cops uh, radio and I could hear it's a California license plate. So I knew what was coming next. And so he did knock on my passenger side door. I jumped out in the, jumped up into the front, opened the door and we had a lovely conversation. He said that the guy across the street was a retired police officer and had called to make sure that the van wasn't abandoned. I don't know if that's why he called or not, but the officer that I spoke to said that it was completely legal for me to park there. I was completely welcome to park there. It was safe to park there and that I should park there. Super nice. Totally get that it's white female privilege. Totally understand that. And because obviously I'm a female and I oftentimes don't have privilege being a female, it was, it was a nice change and it was a nice uh, interaction. And I felt really safe. And he did say, you know, call us if you need us, the, the police force here will help you if you need anything. We talked about the lightning and the thunder, made sure that I was not going to get hit by lightning, which was so weird, but that was my fear. And yeah, so I was really lucky. That's the only time. Well, that's not true. In Los Angeles, I pulled over in a residential area and I got a knock on the side door. Now my side door does not open. And even if it did, I would not open it if somebody knocked on it. That is not safe. I can't see out. So I got a knock on the side door. I looked through because I can see a little bit of, and they have an area where I can see through to the front and it was a neighbor and he had walked out and knocked on my door and he walked away. His arms were crossed. He was not happy. And so I waited another half an hour because I pretended that I wasn't in the van and then I left. And so, you know, you just have to be aware of your surroundings and some areas people might not appreciate if you're parked there, especially if they know you're sleeping in your van. Again, I, you know, I go to sleep really early. I also leave really early. I try to get up and out by 7 or 8 a.m. at the latest, usually around 7 a.m. And I don't walk my dog in the morning where I'm parked. I pack up. I usually try to pack up the night before in case I have to leave, right? Something weird happens. And then I leave, drive down the block or a couple blocks away and then walk him. So that's just what I do. Another option is Walmarts, and I'm sure you all have, know that you can park in Walmart for free, most of them, and there are Cracker Barrels, Cabela's, and most Kroger's. From what I understand, I'm actually in a Kroger now, but I'm waiting for my friend to get home from work, uh, and then I'll park in his uh, driveway. So yes, so there are places, uh, Walmart pretty much I've heard some people say that they couldn't park at some Walmarts, but I've never had a problem. That said, I didn't park at my first Walmart until I was five months into van life. And 
I was actually at a Walmart last night. I probably parked at four, three or four Walmarts in my seven months of van life. And it's not my favorite place. As a matter of fact, I don't like it at all. There's almost always an RV or two or three that have their generators running all night long. And I'm not picking on RVers. I'm just saying that is a fact. Last night, there was a semi-truck whose uh, motor was motor was running pretty much all night long. I've had that happen in one other at one other Walmart where there was also an RV, I mean, a and a semi, and he ran his motor all night long. I am a very light sleeper, and I don't like the sound of a motor running. It makes me, it like causes this weird anxiety in me. So I usually sleep with music. I have a Spotify playlist or whatever that's meditation music, and that's what I sleep to. And if I have to, I put on my noise cancellation headsets, but they're really hard to sleep in, so I try not to do that. And then the other weird thing about Walmart is they have blasting music and it's not good music. It's terrible and it's all night long. Although last night they did turn it off at the Walmart I was at. They did turn it off at about midnight or 11, 11 p.m. And they turned it back on this morning at like six. Um, but usually it's all night long. Now, Walmarts do have cameras, not all of them again, but a lot of them. And so it's a pretty safe place to be. That said, not my favorite place. I parked in two Cracker Barrels and I'm like, are they uh, up on, like, are they open all night? Because people were in and out, was kind of loud, not my favorite place. Again, maybe if I ate at Cracker Barrel, it would be. And I know you're supposed to do that if you stay there. You're supposed to support the community, but it's not my food my, that I like. So I haven't eaten there. Another option is Planet Fitness because that's where most are not all, most, some, a lot of van lifers go for their showers. So I also do belong to Planet Fitness and I can go to any Planet Fitness almost all around the United States and take a shower and work out if I want. And a lot of them, not all, allow overnight parking. However, the last Planet Fitness that I parked at that did allow overnight parking had a leaf blower, a guy who was using a leaf blower. He was paid. And after two hours of him walking around this small parking lot, blowing the trash in a circle, and he wasn't stopping. He had headsets. He was singing. He was getting paid for it. So he was just going to take his time. I, I think I don't mean to be a jerk. Maybe not. But that's what it looked like to me. I, I finally left. And I have not parked at Planet Fitness since. So I also don't like parking lots. I've parked at maybe eight or 10 in my entire van life travels. And I don't feel safe personally. I don't feel safe in a parking lot. I have a very good friend who lives in her van. She loves parking lots. That's her first choice. Not mine. I feel trapped. So I, yeah, I just, uh, I like, I feel like suffocated. It's so weird in a parking lot. I feel like somebody, you know, if, first of all, a lot of parking lots, the one at Planet Fitness, I was the only car there at that point. Not all the time, but a lot of the time there aren't a lot of people. Whereas in a residential area, there are other cars around which doesn't really matter because there aren't people sleeping in them, but there are houses on both sides of the street. I've got my alarm. I've got my panic button that sets off my car alarm. It's super, super loud. And then I always sleep with my car alarm on. 
And then if, you know, anything happens, my alarm goes off and again, it's super, super loud and it won't stop. And hopefully someone will call the police. So that's just how I feel safe as a solo female traveler and solo female van lifer. And again, whatever works for you. And okay, I finished the entire podcast and I forgot to mention Boondockers Welcome. So really quickly, what that is, is it's an app and it's also a website, but it's a subscription service where you pay $50 a year and you can search for people that are allowing you to park in their driveway or on their land. One time I parked on somebody's land. Usually it's free. Everywhere I have parked at has been free. Sometimes they'll charge you $5 for plugging in your electricity or filling up your water. I've never been charged for filling up my water, but oftentimes they will charge you for electricity, $5 or something. And you can typically stay one to three nights and it's a, you know, it's kind of a guaranteed like safe place They everybody has, not everybody, but a lot of people have reviews and you leave reviews when you leave and they leave a review for you. And then you, like I said, you can park in their driveway or whatever. So the problem that I have with it is um, first they were separate from Harvest Hosts. They were a separate company and Harvest Hosts is another, another way to do this, but Harvest Hosts, you stay at uh, wineries or farms and, but mostly wineries. I am sober. So that does not work for me because not only do you stay there, but they oftentimes, the only time I tried to use Harvest Host was you were required to spend a certain amount of money in their gift shop. Now, if you're already a wine drinker and you're going to buy wine anyway, that would work out for you. But for me, that doesn't work out. And I was trying to stay on a farm and that made like soap or whatever. And, and they said I was required to spend $50 in their gift shop. And that's more expensive than staying, you know, at a campsite. So I declined and did not join Harvest Hosts. <laughs> but anyway, Boondockers Welcome is, like I said, part of Harvest Hosts, but separate now. I mean, it's a separate payment. I don't know if you can join them together, but I've only been part of Boondockers Welcome. I did not rejoin. I just used my year at finished my year and I did not rejoin because the problem that I found is places are booked up really far in advance. So unless I'm planning, you know, a month or two from now, and I know exactly where I'm going to be on a specific day, which when I first started, I did know that, but now I don't. I kind of have a plan right now, but if things change, things change. And I like that better. So Everywhere I looked, it uh, was booked, or if it said it wasn't booked and then I emailed them, then they said they were booked. So, and that's happened for the past four months when I've tried to book through Boondockers Welcome. I was able to book a driveway in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was amazing. It was a, uh, an amazing couple and they were so nice. And yeah, so I, that was a really, really, really great experience. That was my last, the last time I, I did it. And I, I haven't even looked since because like I said, it's, it's just, it doesn't work now for my lifestyle. But when I first started, it felt really safe and it felt really comfortable. And I got to meet all of these amazing people. I don't know how many boondockers welcome 
people I stayed with, but I don't know, nine or 10 at least. And they would invite me to dinner or we'd just sit around outside around a fire that, you know, one one couple had a fire pit, whatever, talking. And, you know, when one lady and I stayed friends and, and we still check in with each other. So it's been a really, it was a really, really great experience. And if that's something that works for you or something that makes you feel more comfortable, I say totally go for it. You know, the other thing is like, you'll have to play around with it and you'll have to see what works for you. Maybe campsites are the only thing you want to do. The cheapest campsite I found was $15 a night and that adds up and I don't want to pay $15 a night. I just don't want to. It's not in my budget. I don't want to do it. I have to pay a lot for gas. I travel. I drive a lot. I travel full time. So that said, the apps that I like, the number one app that I use is iOverlander. I will link to it. It is free and it will show you everywhere you can sleep or that other people have slept. It's user-based and their reviews. Um, Yeah. You can look at the map. You can look at the list. I I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. And then the other really, really good one is Seeker, S-E-K-R. I love that one as well, but I mainly use iOverlander because there's more, there are more places in iOverlander, especially in the middle of nowhere. And I find myself in the middle of nowhere. I don't want to say a lot, but more than the average person going from one place to, to the next. So that's what I've got to say about parking. And I think that's what I, yep, that's what I have. That's all of it. I am so glad that you tuned in and I would love, uh, if you could follow me, if you could give me five stars, if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you would follow me on my new TikTok, which is also my unknown adventure. And if you want to write a review, whatever you want, share this with a friend, anything is so appreciative because, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm talking into the void sometimes. I was just saying this to somebody who commented on something on Instagram. Like, I feel like I'm talking to nobody and I know you guys are out there listening. So I would love it if if you would let me know. And if you have any questions or if you want to see something in the future and you want me to cover something in the future that I haven't talked about, would love to hear that. Super open to helping. That's actually what I want to do is I want to be helping people with this content. That's why I'm doing it. And I really appreciate you guys for being here, for sharing this journey with me. I'm really excited to start. I'm calling it leg two, even though I've been doing this for seven months of my journey. And um, I'm going to be going to oh, lift up the dog. I'm going to be going to Utah. Well, I'm going to be going to New Mexico. And I'm, I'm excited because I haven't actually spent any time really in New Mexico and I'm going to be exploring New Mexico and then I'm going to be going to Utah and doing the state parks and Southern Colorado. And ah, yeah. So Mesa Verde is like, you know, on my top three. So I'm going to be going there and I will continue to do this podcast and make the YouTube videos for the next six months see where it goes. And if you, like I said, if you want to refer this to your friends and tell other people about me, I would really, really appreciate that because then I would feel like I could keep going and doing this because I'm not making any money. I'm not looking to make any money doing this. I'm just doing this because I love it. 
and because I'm trying to give back and yeah, that's it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I hope you have a great day or night or morning or afternoon, wherever you are. 